The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money, all right? That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? (laughs) And we are underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another NFL Fantasy Flex episode of the award-winning Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the official odds provider of the show. I'm Matthew Friedman, the editor-in-chief of Fantasy Labs. Here with me are Sean Corner and Chris Rabon. Sean is the Action Network Director of Predictive Analytics. Chris is a senior editor and analyst at the Action Network, and they are two of the best fantasy football rankers in the world. In this episode, we are highlighting the players at the top of our Week 4 rankings, which you can, of course, find in our fantasy tool at the Action Network. We are discussing the guys we are high and low on, including daily fantasy values, fades, and tournament plays. Of course, for more on DFS, you can check out our Fantasy Labs models And then we're going to speculate on a couple of player props offered by our odds maker, Sean Corner. And joining us in his return to the show is longtime friend and fellow self-loathing Cowboys fan, Davis Maddock, an NFL contributor for Roto Experts and host of the Take Cast podcast. Davis, how's it going? It's it's going great. I always love coming on this show. This is one of my favorite ones, so I'm I'm very excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, it's it's always good having you on the show. I I like to uh, have you... Normally, in week four, it's the the first of the bye weeks, I want to remind everyone to participate in the best DFS contest on this side of the Atlantic. I'm talking about the Action Network Podcast Tournament of Champions, presented by BetMGM. It is a custom tournament on Yahoo exclusively for our listeners, and it's free. You can join by clicking on the link in the show description. The top 10 finishers each week will get over $1,000 worth of Action Network prizes, and the top five finishers each week punch their ticket to the wildcard weekend grand finale where they will compete for the grand prize, a Las Vegas trip for two, valued at $5,000, courtesy of BetMGM. Again, listeners can join for free every week. Click on the link in the episode description to join. All right, guys, let's get into the show. At the top of our quarterback rankings this week, no, no big surprises there. We have Russell Wilson, and then maybe this is a smidgen of a surprise for some people. We have Josh Allen, number two, and then Patrick Mahomes, number three. Davis, how are you stacking your quarterbacks this week, the guys, the three guys at the top of your board. So I think there is this really interesting dynamic going on in fantasy football right now where there is a clear tier of haves and have-nots at quarterbacks. Right now, Russell Wilson and Josh Allen are on pace to have the first and third highest fantasy totals ever. And Mahomes is having a good season, right? I think he had like about 45 DraftKings points on Monday night. Lamar's having a terrible season. Lamar's quarterback 12 right now uh and that kind of changes the complexity of it but i the the overall point i'm trying to make is you just you can't be losing at quarterback right like you can't be rolling into your games with tom brady you can't be rolling into your games with ben roethlisberger with ryan Tannehill. these guys who are even having good seasons you're getting you're because you're getting shellacked by people who have mahomes by people who have josh allen by people who have russ wilson i would have them in that order though friedman that you that you just laid out really you, you have that order Josh Allen is, was like born to score fantasy points. Like, like I actually think that over the course of the year, we will see a lot more Chiefs games play out like week one and week two where the offense looked really conservative and you were just begging them to stop handing the ball off to Clyde Edwards Hilaire than week three where Mahomes, you know, looks like the best athlete, uh, you know, to ever play any sport ever. I, I actually think they would rather give the ball to Clyde Edwards Hilaire 25 times a game. Yeah. Uh, Andy Reid, always going against the grain. I, I should say, last week, I had Josh Allen as my number one quarterback, and uh, it, it felt like a shock when I first did my projections to have him there. Uh, and now it, it just feels uh, like some, not like totally normal, but like I'm, I'm getting used to it. And, and Sean, you at this point now have Allen ranked in the top three. How do you stack the top three guys? Number one is Russell Wilson. He's in a tier all by himself. And then, you know, I mentioned it last week, just it's so interchangeable with Mahomes, Allen, Dak, even Lamar. I think he'll have a bounce back game and Kyler Murray. 
that, you know, they're, they're essentially tied for number two. Um, I bumped Josh Allen down just a tad um, just because John Brown's expected to miss that, that could hurt him a bit, but, and Mahomes proved last night, you know, he's, he's matchup proof. So I bumped him up a little bit. So right now I have Mahomes number two and Josh Allen number three, but again, like, you know, Dak and Lamar and Kyler are all right there. So it, it's, you know, any of these top six should be in every person's starting lineup in season-long fantasy. Um, the question is, is for DFS, uh, which guy you should target? We can talk about that in a bit. All right, Raybon, what about you? How are you stacking the top three guys? Yeah, so right now I'm going Russell Wilson. I agree with Sean. He's got to be in a tier by himself. He's got 14 touchdowns on the year. He's just playing unbelievable. And he gets the Miami Dolphins now, one of the – worst defenses in the in the league so he's there I have Mahomes number two for now but uh, him Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are separated by tenths of a point for me so I may end up going with Josh Allen number two and even Lamar number three because it's overreaction week because I talked about how Lamar Jackson really it was a bad matchup for him against the Chiefs uh, yes they're a terrible run defense but you're going to need to pass on them at some point because they can score so many points. And this is the second time that, you know, Mark Andrews got shut down. Spagnuolo just been really good at, at kind of shutting him down and shutting his top weapons down. And um, now you're playing the Washington football team. That's a totally different kind of defense. Baltimore favored by 13 points on the road. So the regression could be swift for Lamar Jackson. While I'm a little bit more concerned about Mahomes uh, against the Patriots, just because, it's Bill Belichick and, you know, Mahomes coming off the big week. So I may end up flip-flopping those guys and go Wilson, Allen, Jackson. But right now I still have Mahomes number two ahead of Jackson and Allen. So I have Allen number one, and it's super close with Russell Wilson. I mean, you know, like tenths of a point. If you look at the projected fantasy points in our rankings, we have Russell Wilson projected for 25.2 and Josh Allen for 25. So even collectively, like we have those guys neck and neck. Uh, And then number three, I'm actually going with Dak Prescott, who I think has a fantastic matchup. Uh, against the Cleveland Browns, who might be without number one cornerback, Denzel Ward. Number two cornerback, Greedy Williams. Uh, he practiced last week, but he's still yet to play this season. Uh, and then, of course, you know, without uh, their starting safety for the entire season. Uh, and he's crushed historically at home as a favorite. Uh, and then it's a game with a very high total, around 55 points right now at BetMGM. So uh, I think just a fantastic spot for him. But Sean, as you said, it's close with all of these guys at the top. Um, hey. But I, I give the edge to, uh, to Dak for number three. All right, Davis, uh, I want to get your thoughts on a guy that you are relatively high on. So, I mean, the guy that I seem to be high on relative to their, their drafting salary and probably where other rankers will have him is going to be Cam Newton. I know that we just saw a running quarterback get punished against the Kansas City Chiefs. This might be um, prepared to load the hot take cannon, but I actually think Cam is a better passer than Lamar. He, may, he tends to make the short, you know, eight-yard sideline throws. Like, he's pretty automatic with those. He did have the he did have that interception against the Seahawks when he was trying to hit Demir Bird, but he's, like, a lot better at that, um, and especially at staying in the pocket. And I don't think we are going to see the Chiefs blow out the Patriots the way that they blew out the Ravens. And Cam is the best goal line rusher in football, right? He has three rushing touchdowns through two weeks. They, they really didn't need him to play at all against the Raiders. I mean, they probably could have won that game with uh, with Stidham, but Rex Burkhead had the three touchdowns. Basically, Cam Newton is going to get like 22 fantasy points at a minimum this week and probably can get up to like 35. I imagine when I sit down to do my rankings this week, he'll be like my quarterback seven or eight probably. Yeah, Davis, I'm right there with you. He's the guy that uh, I've also kind of highlighted as someone I'm high on. I have him at uh, QB7. Uh, Sean, you and Chris have him, I believe, around quarterback 10. Uh, What are your thoughts with this matchup? Um, Yeah, so I have Cam uh, QB9. Last week, I think I had him like QB4. I was pretty high on him. Just that that goal line offense that they run um, with him, you know, I I think we can expect over 10 rushing touchdowns this year. So I think he's going to be pretty volatile, but a matchup like this where he's going to be forced to throw will be similar to what we saw against the Seahawks. So I do love Cam this week, but when it comes to to QBs I'm high on, I I still think that, you know, these QBs in the 7K range are are must plays this week. I think you absolutely have to spend up at QB. So, you know, Russ Wilson, Dak, 
Josh Allen and Kyler and Patrick Mahomes even. Um, all these 7K guys, I think if, if you're going to build 20 lineups, you want to you know focus on those guys and their stacks. I think Russell Wilson is just the easiest guy to stack. You can you know go Tyra Lockett or DK Metcalf or both. Um, so he'll probably be my highest owned QB in GPPs. Um, but the other guy I want to highlight is uh, the QB on the other side of the ball in that game, uh, and that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, he's only 5.4K, so if, if I'm going to spend down, I think he would be the guy. He's my top streamer play this week as my QB 14. But I think this this could be a shootout. And, you know, I had this line projected for about 7.5. So seeing it bet down to uh, – at, at bet MGM, it's down to Seahawks minus 6.5. So I think Sharps might think that the Dolphins can keep this closer than people realize. With Ryan Fitzpatrick, we always have to worry about him getting bench for Tua. But I think he's pretty safe this week. And if you're playing him in GPPs, you know, you're going for upside anyway. So he's my top uh, cheap flyer this week. Yeah, Fitz is definitely popping in the Fantasy Labs models. Uh, Raybon, I want to get your thoughts on Cam Newton and then a guy that you are high on this week. Yeah, so Cam is really interesting to me because I actually think he's the perfect GPP quarterback because I could see it going one of two ways. I could see them really kind of limiting him in the past game like they've, they've not only shut down Lamar, they've really made it tough on Deshaun Watson. Um, we know Andy Reid is like one of the few coaches in the league that can kind of match up with Belichick. But on the other side, this is perfect for Belichick because they just played, you know, two of the best quarterbacks in the league that have similar skill sets. And I'm just thinking they might run Cam like 25 times. Like this is a, a number, uh, t- bottom three defense and rushing DVOA. And every time quarterbacks are trying to drop back and throw against these guys, they can't do it. Like Algerius Sneed is really good. Like they have a really good kind of underrated secondary that we don't really. Good is a stretch. It's better than the run defense for sure. I mean, and I think, I think Matt Dow is, I mean, he's the guy who really holds it all together. Sneed, Sneed could get burnt if their wide receivers weren't Edelman. Harry and Demir Bird. But they are, but that's what I'm. What, this is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, like, I, see, like, I, I see your point for sure. Agnolo is makes them better with his scheming. Like he's always fun. Like they finished like number one or two in the league in uh, defense against wide receivers last year, and that was with like corners that like it was like Bashad Breland and all these guys. So Cam could run like 25 times against his defense. So I think he is like has like QB one overall upside. Um, but I'm a little more worried about his floor. So I think I'm going to go with him in GBPs, but I was kind of, I'm, I was glad you guys brought him up. For me, I had Ryan Fitzpatrick circled as well. You want to think about how crazy Russell Wilson is playing. And you look at the Seahawks defense and they've given up 394 more passing yards than Russell Wilson has thrown for. Uh, they're getting into shootouts with everybody because Russ is just scoring so quick. They're, they're being so efficient. So you look at this game, the total's 54. Uh, Seahawks giving up the most passing yards in the league. And it, it could be sloppy with Fitzpatrick. He might throw a pick or two, but they're at home. Uh, you know, you just got to go with the – this is like the cheap guy that could put up like 400 yards. And we've seen Pat Fitzpatrick do it before. Uh, so that is like the nut play. All right, Davis, who are you relatively low on? Deshaun Watson and Jared Goff. I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's great. I'm assuming that this game plays and that it's not called off due to COVID tests or whatever. He's 6,600 on DraftKings, you know, like, and I think at that point I would just, I'd rather go to Kyler. I would rather play Cam Newton. Like I, I think that this Texans offense is so spectacularly untalented with Will Fuller playing through some kind of hamstring thing, no offensive line, DeAndre Hopkins gone playing David Johnson, 85% of the offensive snaps. I know I like David Johnson, buddy. We, we had so many great memories together. I really, I love you. I think you're great. I just, it's, you know, we all, we all lose our fastball at some point. And I, I, and I also think that I don't know if they're going to let him run really this year. He has 11 rushing attempts through three games. They're all, they were all designed or they were all scrambles, right? These are not designed runs. So I, I kind of think that Deshaun Watson is like a back-end QB1 rest of season, and I don't think that's the prevailing opinion on him yet. Sean, who are you relatively low on? You know, I think Lamar Jackson is overpriced. Um, You know, the the prices came out before Monday Night Football, so he's going to be pretty low-owned, and I'm going to be fading him. Um, Just at 8,100, you know, he's going to have a bounce-back game against Washington for sure, but this is one of those spots where – we could see uh, RG3 play most of the fourth quarter. So I, I just, given the other 
QBs in the 7K range. His ceiling doesn't compare to these guys. And I think this will be the last week where we see Lamar really significantly priced higher than everybody else. I think he's going to be, you know, right in the 7K range with these these guys. So um, I think after last night, um, I'm, I'm pretty bearish on Lamar going forward. Um, but again, you know, I expect him to bounce back. He has a high floor, but just not worth his price. And the other guy I'm fading um, is Jared Goff at 6,700. This is just one of those games where the Rams should play with the lead. Um, they're minus 12 and a half at that MGM right now. And they've, they've shown that when they have the lead this year, they're, you know, a very run heavy team right now. They have the seventh high, highest uh, run rate when leading. Um, and they're the actually, actually the only team with 40 plus attempts in the top 10 team. So it's a pretty stable met or a more stable metric for them. So um, this could be a, a big Daryl Henderson game, Malcolm Brown type game. So, um, if Jared Goff doesn't get involved early, I, I really worry about his floor here. So I'm fading him at 6,700. Rayvon, I think you're also low on Goff, right? Yeah, and it's just to do with the price. I mean, 6,700 for – like Davis mentioned it earlier in the show. Like you can't have one of these drop-back passers that's not going to give you anything on the ground. <laughs> like in your He's literally, He literally has <laughs> got to throw for like 500 yards and five touchdowns to make optimals with how much these other quarterbacks are scoring. Yeah, like it just makes no sense. I don't know how he got there. Uh, and, the, and as Sean said, the Rams are running uh, at a high rate. So, yes, Goff could be efficient. And, you know, you know, there's a scenario where he gets like 230 yards and four touchdowns or something. But uh, it's just way too expensive for, you know, all those other guys. I mean, literally anyone else in that tier. Even, even Burrow, who's going against the, the Jags, who are uh, – I believe they're – dead last in DVOA against the pass and number nine against the, the run. So you have a funnel there, like anybody out that can give you something on the ground in that price range, not got. All right. And the guy I'm relatively low on mentioned him earlier, Patrick Mahomes, uh, not in my top three. I have him number five, you know, still a respectable ranking, but uh, a very tough matchup uh, going against the new England Patriots uh, who I wouldn't say like are automatic to shut him down or anything like that, but I think will be good enough in slowing him down to prevent him from reaching the uh, like atmospheric heights of scoring that we're likely to see from guys like Russell Wilson and uh, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. Uh, Sean, give us the prop. So uh, last week was Josh Allen passing yards. I, f- I felt that that was the most uncomfortable projection to make last week. Um, and we're going there again this week because it's still uncomfortable. He cleared 300 yards again. So it's, it's a matter of, you know, how high are we bumping him up? Last week I had him at 255, I think it was, and everybody took under. So I'm going <laughs> to be careful with this one. But um, I have it at uh, 278.5. I'll take the over. I think I oh. wanted to go over last week, but then I went yeah. out. I'm just <laughs> I, I have it projected for over pretty comfortably. I think I have it at 284. So I'll I'll take the over. Are you um factoring John Brown being out in that at all? I've got Brown projected for, you know, just like a four percent target share. You know, just sort of like yeah, the, okay. the token like placeholder of I doubt he plays, but I'm just going to put this in here just in case. I'm not. I'm not shorting Josh Allen in any circumstance against any opponent until he like until I see him not do it. I mean, Josh Allen is having the Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott supernova season where like everything is just gonna go right for him until it doesn't. The thing about Allen is, listen, he could get this on the ground, and this is like the Raiders, so they could just not show up. Um, you know, I know they're at home, and, and the Bills are going across, but. Um, this could be a real, a very efficient um, game with a couple of rushing scores. He doesn't necessarily have to throw it around, especially if Brown's going to be banged up. So I could see an avenue to them, to Josh Allen killing and him still not throwing for 278 uh, or 279. So I'll go under. And by the way, I should mention that you can check out the Fantasy Labs player prop tool where the props with the bet quality of 10 have a 60% win rate over the past two years. And of course, when player props are posted, you can bet on them at bet. MGM. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. 
Let's look at the running backs. The guys at the top of our rankings are Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, and uh, Rayvon. It's a proud day for you. Aaron Jones, who has absolutely just crushed this year. Uh, Davis, how are you ranking your top three? I mean, Alvin Kamara, uh, number one. Uh, Alvin Kamara, number one. No doubt, Ezekiel Elliott, and then Jones would be number three for me. Uh, Sean, how are you ranking them? Kamara, Elliott, uh, and Jones. Um, uh, Derrick Henry has uh, the matchup against the Steelers. We don't even know if that's going to play. Um, so he's a little bit lower this week. And Dalvin Cook, um, who's trending up, just he, he can't reach the caliber of Aaron Jones. Like you said, good call, Raybon. Uh, but yeah, Aaron Jones is definitely top three running back this week. All right, Raybon. This is this is the opportunity to crow. I have him number four, so <laughs> I'm oh. actually lower. I have uh, I have Jacobs uh, a hair ahead of him. Um, they're like tenths of a point separated, so maybe I just need to knock Jacobs down. But um, it's really close for me. I don't really disagree with any of that. I think uh, Kamara has to be number one right now with Thomas out. Drew Brees just like he's like the best quarterback ever at like not turning into Peyton Manning when he gets old like he's just going to continue to like be efficient and like hey this like just going to dump it off to this guy who can get me like all of my yards so uh yeah Kamara smash play and and I agree Henry's a little he gets a little knocked down in this matchup and and we obviously don't know what's going on with with those teams Mm all right so I have Aaron Jones number two Kamara number one obviously Jones, number two. I actually have Jacobs, number three. And it's not that I think it's a great matchup or anything for him. It's just that I think he's going to be used so much. He has been used so much in the running game. He's being used enough in the passing game. Uh, And then if they get near the end zone, it's, you know, almost automatic that he's going to get an opportunity to score. Uh, And so I have him just a hair ahead of Zeke in part because the Cowboys are passing so much that Zeke isn't getting the usage that I think. What's he got like 21 targets through three games. He just keeps dropping them. He just keeps dropping. Like I literally think he already has six drops through three games. But let me tell you, they're they're not going anywhere, dude. They just are going to keep feeding Zeke. It's the organizational philosophy, dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm not taking drops or anything like that into account. Like I'm looking pretty much is just like market share and, and projecting that forward. Like, I think he'll have a good game. I haven't projected number four. You can't discount the own the libs factor where if they get up 14, it's like, it's like we're getting Zeke for second and third down for the entire third and fourth quarters. Like they, that they, the Cowboys love to do that stuff. That's true. Zeke last week played 80 snaps, according to PFF. Tony Pollard, 98% of the snaps. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, dude, like, like, this is a home favorite with a, what, 56 total? Like, this is a smash spot for Zeke. Like, this is a ridiculous smash spot. Yeah, he, he is the number one player in fantasy football, and you should just – <laughs> <laughs> like Freeman's in like this alternate universe. Yeah, Friedman. Friedman is being Friedman is being like a big self-hating Cowboys fan right now. He like he watched Cedric Wilson score two touchdowns and like is just had he's reevaluating his priors now. <laughs> the, the, those touchdowns won. They belonged to Ceedee Lamb. That was they outrageous. did. They did. Or or Gallup or Cooper or Dalton Schultz or like anyone other than Cedric Wilson. Anyway, I will take Zeke versus Aaron Jones for $25. Smash it. The, the Packers are home favorites, like 13 and a half point favorites uh, with like the highest total on the slate. Got Sounds it. like Tyler Irvin to own the libs. Oh to me. my God. Yeah. Like I was about to say, Friedman, you are completely backwards right now because this is the AJ Dillon game. This yeah, is the this game is, where they get is... up by 21 and AJ Dillon gets like 15 carries in the third quarter. AJ out, Dillon had no carries last week. I know. And I'm telling you, Tyler Irvin, dude, Tyler game. Irvin played a bunch. I'm not even being facetious. Tyler Irvin, Tyler Irvin is like a guy you have to bid a dollar on now. Like he, like it's a real thing. I told Friedman that in the, in the preseason. He didn't believe me. How did, how did we get here? It's, a, it's only we. How did we get here in the show, and how did we get here in life? Okay. I'm saying AJ Dillon next week. Just book it. Davis, who is someone you're relatively high on? Uh, someone I'm relatively high on, it's, I mean, it's going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because I, I bet I'll have him ranked as, like, running back five or six this week. Like, like for example, I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a better fantasy play than Austin Eckler, a better fantasy play than Nick Chubb, James Conner, uh, James Robinson, Chris Carson if he's active. Like I like uh, Kenyon Drake. Like I, I, I think he is. Um, 
we, we, we've seen it, the on-ramp to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being like the third best running back in fantasy. We've seen it, and it just hasn't all came together. Like, we haven't had the touchdowns and six catches in the same game yet, but it's coming. Uh, Davis, side question here. Is Edwards-Hilaire already the number one running back in Dynasty? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I would If I had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on my roster, there's not another running back I would trade him one for one for. Yeah. That's that's my sense of this as well. Sean, and, and um, by the way, Davis, I should say, we are right there with you. Uh, we all have Edwards Lair number five to number seven uh, in the rankings. So we, uh, like you, are, are pretty on board with him this week. Uh, Sean, who are you high on? So the two running backs I'm high on this week uh, really haven't done much this year, but I think this is a good buy-low opportunity um, in DFS especially. Uh, but the first guy is Joe Mixon. He's at home against the Jaguars at 5,800. I'm down on Mixon long-term. I, I view him more as an RB2. Um, he's kind of a bust if you took him, you know, in round one. But uh, Giovanni Bernard just eats into the, his target share way too much, uh, especially when the Bengals are trailing, which we're going to see a ton of this year. So I think we get a, you know, a run-heavy game script here. They're uh, minus three and a half, I believe, against the Jaguars. So this should be a big Mixon game where he could see 20-plus touches um, good chances to score. So, so I love buying low here. I, I'm, I don't know if he's going to be low on or not, but I, I think people overlook him for sure. And the other guy, similar situation is David Johnson has had a brutal start to the season just based on the schedule. Uh, but the, the Texans, you know, they're going to be favored against the Vikings if this game plays, of course. Um, so I, I think we'll see a positive game script from him. He's been seeing a ton of passing routes with Duke Johnson out. It, it's, Unclear if Duke Johnson will return this week, but I think this could be a heavy uh, workhorse game for David Johnson. So I love him at 5,600 against this Vikings defense that is uh, a shell of its former self, uh, to be kind. I was low on Mixon last week. I'm low again on him this week. And uh, looking at the rankings, Sean, you're high on him. Rayvon, you're high on him. I'm really low on him. Um, I don't know if we can take for certain that uh, the Bengals actually – like should be favored or even if they should be favored actually will end this game or will win, win this game. Like we've seen a situation where uh, Mixon is getting a lot of the carries, but he's not getting goal line opportunities and he's not getting targets. So he's basically getting, uh, you know, like empty, empty calories with no protein until we actually see him start to produce more fantasy points. I just don't know if I can actually invest in him. So I'm, I'm relatively low. Uh, Rayvon, I think you are high on him. Yeah, I don't feel great about it, to be honest, but I bet the over on Jags uh, Bengals at 44 and a half, it's up to 48. I just think this is going to be a close game with two below average defenses and average-ish quarterbacks. And the ball, I think the ball is just going to move in this game. So uh, Mixon still gets a ton of the, the snaps. Uh, a ton of, you know, he doesn't get all the, the, the targets and the routes in the backfield, but um, still is going to be there when it's all said and done. And uh, I think Joe Burrow is, is, a, good, is like a, a good quarterback in this spot to kind of just move the ball for him. He's going to take some pressure off him. Um, and this Jags defense is, is not, uh, not great. So I like Mixon. Uh, I also like Sean's call with David Johnson. I think, you know, Davis, you mentioned earlier how Johnson, uh, I think you mentioned Johnson wasn't, you know, he wasn't looking good. And he, I'm saying in this spot, like, just look like, just, it's just like a math problem, right? Like the Texans have uh, had 40 running back carries this year. Uh, Johnson, I think has had 11, 11 and 13. Like the average number for a team of handoffs is about 22. Now you take a couple of those away because it's Watson and he runs, but still like there's going to be a game where Johnson gets like a normal amount of game, like, carries because it's a good game script and he's getting all of the backfield carries especially with Duke banged up so I like Johnson in this spot down to 5600 uh, a couple other guys real quick I want to mention Kenyon Drake's at 6k he's had 18 plus touches in all three weeks hasn't really done anything with them Carolina number 28 in run defense DVOA I think this is a spot where Drake could blow up we've seen him do it in the past long runs uh you know three four touchdowns in a game he's capable of that uh, and Carlos Hyde, I, I don't think Chris Carson's going to play. They're saying it's a one to two week injury. Uh, I could be wrong, but uh, monitor the situation. No, I, I think he's going to be out longer than this. I, it's like, yeah. if this is such a weird Seattle thing. Like, okay, great. He, his ACL is not torn. His MCL is not torn. Like, great. I don't, I don't necessarily buy that. Like, oh, he might be active against Miami. Like, my, my guess is we see him in week six. They have a week six bye, I think, so that might be a good reason for them to keep them out until yes. they return week seven uh, against the Cardinals. So that that would be the target date, I would think. 
Yeah, so, so Carlos Hyde is, and this is, I love this especially for DFS. I think you got to pick him up on your waiver wire if you don't have him already. But um, in DFS, he's 5.3K. So Russell Wilson is going to be the chalk, of course. And the Seattle has had 14 passing touchdowns thanks to Russ's brilliance. They've had one rushing touchdown that that's going to regress at some point. And you would have major leverage because Hyde is probably going to be the number one back. I think Homer will mix on him passing downs. But the goal line carry should go to Hyde. Uh, and this Dolphins defense is second to last in run DVOA. It's the total is 54. Uh, so this is a, a potential sneaky, like, multi-touchdown spot for Hyde, as disgusting as that sounds. All right. Uh, it does sound pretty disgusting. Yeah, it does. Not going to lie. You guys mentioned earlier being down on golf uh, in part because it's a good running spot. Uh, I'm, you know, kind of correlated with that high on Daryl Henderson. Um, we've just really seen him get the workload uh, with the Rams over the past two weeks. So I think he's probably going to be the guy really no certainty in terms of when Cam Akers comes back and Malcolm Brown is also dealing with some injuries. So uh, pretty high on Daryl Henderson this week. Uh, Davis, who are you low on? Guys who just catch a little bit of ownership from, you know, like these guys can score two touchdown guys. So, you know, that's just going to be the classic, like Eckler, Chubb region of guys. I I do think though, I'm probably not going to be, buying the dip with Kenyon Drake. So a couple things. One, I think every week that he looks terrible, they're much more likely to give more of the work to Chase Edmonds. And not only that, I think that uh, my my hot take for this week is we see Eno Benjamin no longer a game day inactive. I think that they're going to make him active this week. They're, they're coming off the loss. Drake has been their worst player on offense, right? I, I mean, I guess maybe you could say Keyshawn Johnson like looked like he was shaving points uh, on that uh, on that that uh, last drive in the fourth quarter, but he's been terrible. He is not signed to any kind of contract extension. Like he, he's just if if it doesn't work out for him this year in Arizona, they don't have to pay him, and he's just he's gone. He's off the team. We saw last year they had no allegiance. Like Cliff had no allegiance to David Johnson once he got dinged up. We saw him be uh, a healthy scratch or the third running the third string running back for the rest of the season. So I totally get it. And maybe, you know, if you're listening to this and then you play me uh, on DraftKings Sunday in cash and I have Kenyon Drake, I reserve that right. But he is not going to be a core part of my tournament strategy. He won't be on any of my single entry or three max teams. That was uh, so wonderful. Uh, that was a, a very Davis statement. Also, uh, I'm glad it was someone else other than me uh, who mentioned a third string running back on the show. Otherwise, third string uh, running back who has yeah. not even been active to play what special teams yet guys? this year. Yeah. 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 Uh, but man, by the way, how's Corey Clement doing? By the way, I, I, I feel like it, it should be said that uh, in week three, Dan Arnold might have it. been the, the worst. The worst player on the. Uh, you think so? I I don't know. I think it was. I think it was Drake. He was, he, he, he you, was know pretty bad. you know what's problematic? You know who really was right? It was Kyler Murray because because he was supposed to smash and he threw all these interceptions and he lost the game and the over didn't hit. Like that was the worst player. Like the Cardinals have a lot of candidates and it's actually not. It's not ideal. You know who outproduced Dan Arnold in Week Three? Jace Jace Sternberger. Yep. And you know who got outproduced by two other Packer tight ends in week three? Jace Sternberger. But now you got it. You're due for a comeback at some there's, point. <laughs> I mean, there's just so much production to go around in uh, Green Bay, as we all expected. Uh, okay, Sean, who are you low on? Well, I had this written down last night, but Mark Ingram, I, I expected him to smash last night. I thought it'd be a close game. Um, and I was going to say, you know, Ingram gets a huge boost when games are supposed to be close. And don't play him when it's going to be a blowout. So I guess my point stands corrected. But this week, I expect the Ravens to blow out the football team. Um, so he's not worth the 5700 price tag. Uh, I think the Ravens will bounce back. But we've seen them go to Gus Edwards uh, in the fourth quarter when, when they're blowing out another team. So stay away from Ingram this week. I'm sure you already were. And stay other- away from Ingram every week. Mark, well, yeah. Ingram, Mark Ingram is, is done. We, we've seen yeah. it. It's- I, was, I was fading him uh, week three last year. and that, I mean, he kept scoring touchdowns. But I think it's officially toast. I, I think it's officially Dobbins-Edwards <laughs> season. Yeah. And Dobbins, yeah. Looked, Dobbins looked great. Dobbins- they just. I don't know why they keep playing Ingram so much, but Dobbins looks legit. Yeah, good. he's he's the pass catching back as you know, little value that provides in this offense. But he's probably he's, he's what we thought Justice Hill was going to be. Yeah, rest exactly. in peace, buddy. Exactly. Uh, and the other guy, I, I won't step on uh, Raybon's toes here because I know he's low on him. But Eckler at seventy one hundred, um, I'm fading him. He he had a huge game against the Panthers, and now he faces the Bucks, who've 
done a pretty good job containing RB1s. Uh, you know, Kamara and CMC were limited. They managed to score two touchdowns each, but I don't think Eckler will get that lucky. And if Tyrod starts, I, I think we're going to have to downgrade Eckler whenever Tyrod starts. Um, so hopefully Herbert is a QB going forward if you own Eckler, but I'm down on him at 71K this week. I love how Sean just said, I'm not going to step well, on it, and then gave the full analysis about why I'm you sure should. I'm sure Rayvon will have other points. But. Uh, yeah, uh, Rayvon, hit us with the Eckler stuff. Yeah, Eckler's a guy I love, and I think Davis mentioned it. He could always score two touchdowns, but the Bucks defense is uh, extremely underrated. I think their yeah, front – Herbert's going to look like a rookie in this game. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's my thinking exactly. And the thing with the Bucks defense is every player on their front is either a, a former – like top 12 first rounder, a former all-pro, or both. Um, and if they're keying in on Eckler – uh, especially, it's going to be problematic. And I think the char- they're going to have to go in other directions. And by the way, they're allowing uh, 150 yards on 57 carries, just 2.6 yards per on the ground. So it's not one of those games where Eckler can like supplement his lack of passing usage or like inefficiency if it comes to that with like, you know, some, some good yards per carry uh, as, you know, he can usually. And then Nick Chubb as well. Like, I, it's just hard for me from like a, a projection perspective to get him enough uh, usage this week to you know be in in my top 10 he's actually my rb 17 right now uh he's out uh carried kareem hunt just 51 to 38 they've had a couple of positive scripts with uh you know scoring 30 plus on both the bengals and the washington football team now they're a big dog uh against dallas uh on the road so it's the the amount of carries tend to go down in those situations. I think Stefanski will still run it, obviously, to keep it close. But Chubb only averaging one target per game. And that's even – he's running a decent amount of routes. It's not like Hunt is blowing him out of the water in routes run. And he's still not getting targeted that much. Uh, and Dallas, you know, if they get ahead, it, you're not just going to be able to, like, dump the ball off to running backs. You're going to have to go down the field. You're going to have to go to Beckham and Landry. You might have to use Austin Hooper some more. So uh, just not a game where I think Chubb can, uh, can live up to his cost. All right, Sean, give us the prop. The prop is uh, James Robinson rushing yards um, against the Bengals. I, I have it at 70 and a half. I can't believe he's higher than Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards Alaire, by the way. That's, a, that's an under. I, I know this James Robinson story has been incredible. I know he was awesome on Thursday night. I think that some harsh realities for the James Robinson investors are coming soon. And I, I, it that, sucks because I'm one of them. Like, I have him in, in some of these leagues where he was, like, a, an early fab guy, like a week zero fab guy. But, yeah, I just I, – I'm not feeling great about – well, just the whole Jaguars offense. It seems like uh, it's tough times are coming. Before Sean moves the line, I'm going to bet the under as well. I have it around 60 and a half. Sean, what was the line? 70 and a half? Seventy and a half. Now it's sixty-five. Uh, no, I'm just, you can have seventy, 70 and, and a half, half? if you want. Yeah, Dude, you're, you're way too low. I'm at seventy-one-four, bro. There we go. Uh, like a, almost a whole yard above. But I'll go over. And this is more just a math play. Like I think the Bengals' defense is decent. It's going to be decent against the run. Uh, I think they'll they'll struggle more in the pass game. But Robinson still uh, has looked good and is getting. He's kind of like their centerpiece on offense is crazy. Yeah, he plays That's every he plays every down <laughs> right like so like I, it's not like a play that i'm like like he should not be priced higher than Clyde edwards elaire that's egregious and ridiculous but i think he's gonna somehow get his way you know find his way to like you know 12 to 18 you know ppr points one way or another the nfl season is upon us and our friends at bet mgm sports are offering action network podcast listeners a great sign up offer just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. All right, let's move along to wide receivers. 
the wide receivers at the top of our rankings. We have Tyler Lockett, DeAndre Hopkins, and Calvin Ridley Davis. How do you stack them? I mean, look, it's, we're jumping the shark if we're ranking Tyler Lockett ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. Come on, guys. Are we? Are we actually? Yes. Yes, we actually are. What is Tyler Lockett's touchdown rate right now? Like 13%? It's Russell Wilson. Sean agrees with you, uh, Davis, for what it's worth. Sean, you have Hopkins. Yeah, it's, it's Hopkins, it, Lockett, Ridley. Yeah. yeah, I have Hopkins number one. Um, I have Lockett and DK Metcalf two, three. I feel like I had this happen last week, and I just bumped him down because I'm still a little bit uncomfortable ranking receivers <laughs> in the top three. But I had them both. Week, for... <laughs> yeah, Sean. last week, that's it. That's it. They're uh, both top three, and I'm a huge Calvin Ridley fan. But, you know, without Julio Jones, I think that does cap his upside. So, uh, Lockett and Metcalf top three for me for sure. Before right, sanity checking last week, I had Lockett and Metcalf both projected for over .7 receiving touchdowns. Like, is the most absurd projection I've ever seen. And then I went and, like, fiddled with it manually. Yeah. And then they both just scored They both just scored 30 I, points. I'm saying I'm just not fiddling anymore. I'm just letting it be. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm, I'm there, too. Except, no, I'm not there. I need to fiddle. Uh, Raybon, who are you having at number – you have Lockett, number one. His quarterback has thrown 14 touchdowns. His quarterback has, like, pretty much not made a bad throw all year. And it's like – it's what like, – I get it. He's played the Falcons – He's played uh, the Patriots, which are a little better. Still, still torched them. And then uh, the Cowboys, bad. But he's playing the Dolphins now. Like it's like this is this doesn't have to stop yet. You know, it'll stop at some point. He'll run into a, a he'll run into one of those bad games at some point. But this is this just doesn't set up as a game. So I'm I'm gonna continue to roll with it. And then I have Calvin Ridley number two because it's like Calvin Ridley and in this uh, you know Falcons uh, Green Bay game. Falcons are a big dog. They've thrown more than any team in the league, you know, since Cutter took back over. They have, I believe it is now 13 of 19 games or something like with, with 40 or 39 plus pass attempts. And Calvin Ridley's been amazing. And the Falcons defense is so bad that that's a lot of times what can put these guys over the edge. Cause look at the Seahawks and Russ, like part of it is Russ balling. And, but, and part of it is the Seahawks can't stop anyone. So I love this for um, Calvin and then Hopkins. I have number three and that's, it's not like I am down on Hopkins or anything like that, but you look at the matchup, Arizona playing Carolina uh, could be a little bit like a uh, easier of a time. Arizona is a favorite. Uh, I think this could be a game where you start to see the run game, get more involved, especially after Kyler had some turnovers last week in a game that they should uh, versus an opponent they should have beat. So that's, that's why, kind of why I have them. But I, if you had them in a different order, I'm not actually going to, gonna um you know argue with you but uh, yeah it's uh Lockett Ridley Hopkins for me yeah I have Ridley number one and a lot of it just has to do with the market share of the targets that I think he's going to get without Julio there and he's just gotten unreal target volume anyway and uh if if Julio is out once again which uh, I'm expecting he probably will be uh and then now also uh, Russell Gage left in week three with a concussion. So Gage might not play in this game. So if both of those guys are out, obviously he's going to have a ton of defensive attention, but I think he will also have a ton of volume, which is why I have him number one. Uh, Davis, who are you high on? So I guess the guy that I'm going to be highest on relative to what people are going to do this week is going to be LaVisca Chanel because DJ Shark on Monday went to go back in and get more tests done. I think it's a knee. I, I'm not actually sure what DJ Shark has uh, an injury to on his body. But yeah, I, I think Chanel, I'm basically going to project him kind of the same way I did last week. You know, I, I actually think that Chris Conley putting together that point shaving performance on Thursday night is uh, going to actually expand Chanel's role relative to what it would have been had Conley been decent in that game. So uh, I, I think Chenault I'm going to be high on relative to the market. Smith Schuster, I'm going to be high on um, relative to the market and Marquise Brown. I'm not, I'm not discouraged Hollywood. I, I still believe in you, buddy. Sean, uh, who are you high on? So these are the two players I'll be uh, targeting in GBPs. I, I think they're good buy low opportunities. They should be under owned because they haven't really done much this year. But uh, Brandon Cooks is the first one for me at 4,500. You know, he's had a rough start to the season. They, you know, they faced the Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers. Um, he's still, you know, trying to get in sync with Deshaun Watson. But um, last week he ran right on 91% of the snaps. So he's playing. Um, and, you know, he's due for a breakout, and I think this Vikings defense could be a smash spot for him. We saw Khalif Raymond just go bonkers on him, and he's, you know, really the, the Titans' deep threat. So I think Cooks 
could sneak in a long touchdown this week. Uh, he's super cheap. Um, again, GPP only. Don't play him in cash, obviously. Uh, but I'm buying low on him. Um, and then Demary Bird is my uh, 3K flyer this week. He played a snap 100% of the time on Cam Newton's dropbacks last week. I think he's averaged like 97% of the snaps on pass plays. Um, so this matchup at KC where Newton will be throwing a lot more. Uh, Bird could go off. And when I say go off, I mean five yards, eight yards and a touchdown. Uh, you won't need much at 3K, but he could be a sneaky GPP flyer this week. Raybon, what about you? So for me, I, I like T. Higgins this week. I think um, this, is, this is the time of year where, especially because we had the COVID offseason, you know, not as much camp. You're starting to see the rookie receivers blow up uh, around this time. We saw it with Jefferson. Higgins actually uh, caught two touchdowns last week. But um, the key for him was that they, when they made Ross inactive, uh, it was essentially for Higgins. Higgins led the – he led the Bengals in routes run. Um, oh, he was 43 to, to Boyd, 42 – AJ Green, 41, 83% of the dropbacks. Uh, you, you just have to go with him um, right now. I think, you know, Tyra Boyd's in a good spot as well, but um, AJ Green really doesn't look like himself. And, and Joe Burrow is kind of struggling if he's peppering him with targets. So I think that's kind of why they, they, they made Higgins, you know, a bigger part. So like they give him another option. Um, that's not John Ross, who is another guy that like, it's like feast or famine. So I uh, love Higgins this week. And in, ge- in general, I think this is a time, like I love the Chenault call with, with Davis. I think all of the rookie receivers, uh, Jefferson, go back to him. But uh, I, I think Friedman's going to disagree with me on this one. So I'm interested to hear his take. But uh, I like Devontae Parker this week. Again, I mentioned it. Seattle has given up uh, essentially like 300 yards more than anyone else in the league passing like 400 more yards than Russ has even thrown for. And you look at Parker, he was struggling with injury uh, in that first game. The, the last week, the second week he ran around on 90% of the dropbacks. Uh, and last week he was up at, uh, at a hundred. So like, it's a simple, it's simple math, you know, like the Seahawks are going to score points. The Dolphins are going to have to come back and they're going to have to throw it down the field. And the Seahawks can't stop anybody it was Cam Newton to Julian Edelman over and over uh, in that Seattle game. And they couldn't stop that. And, you know, he's really their only guy in New England. And so you look at the Parker, he's had kind of a, uh, you know, not really in, he's had an underwhelming stretch, I guess you could say, you know, not really much to to show for his, his routes over the past couple of games. But uh, I think this is a big, big spot for him where you could see him pop off for, you know, 150, 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, I'm relatively low. I might need to make adjustments here. The big thing is he just hasn't gotten many targets to this point in the season. And Rayvon, to your point, he has been out there running the routes. He just hasn't been targeted. And there are enough other guys who are getting the ball within that offense. Like, you, you think that they should be going to Parker much more than they have been. But, you know, Preston Williams, Gesicki, uh, Isaiah Ford is getting more targets than he should. So I would assume that this is a game in which Parker would go off but uh, he just hasn't gotten the target share to this point in the season to like for me to like bump him to the point that he needs to be for me to project him higher. I get what you're saying, but I think this is, this has to be like, this is cause this is not really bumping him. This is literally, you're just letting the math play out. He was hurt in week one, 90, 90%, a hundred percent. You're not getting receivers, many receivers running a hundred percent of the, the dropbacks versus the worst pass defense in the league in a game with a total of 54 where the team is going to be playing from behind. Like that's just like, this is the game where Parker is probably going to get like 25% of his season total and then go back to being like, eh. I mean, I hear you. I need to make adjustments, but I I don't, I'm still not going to make massive adjustments on Parker. Uh, Davis, who are you low on? I always hate to give low wide receivers because they just, you know, it's so much easier to, uh, to blow up on these. I, I think one guy, who I will just always be low on because I hate the offense so much is McLaurin. I'm not super into him this week. And then expensive guys that I expect to be under the, uh, the field on Allen Robinson. You know, I, I don't know if I buy this Allen Robinson is like a top 10 top five wide receiver with Nick Foles at quarterback. And then also probably in tournaments, I'll just end up having like no Thielen, like Thielen will be 12% of the Millie maker or something. And I just, I won't have him at all. You know, I'd rather uh, Amari. I think I'd even rather Keenan Allen. And, like, I don't like Keenan Allen at all. Uh, I'd rather Mike Evans probably rather Marquise Brown than, than play Thielen where he's, uh, where he's priced out on DraftKings. All right, Sean, uh, who are you low on? 
I'm low on uh, Keenan Allen. Uh, Davis has mentioned him, but yeah, he's 6,500 this week. Um, I think people could overweight last week's game. I mean, they fell behind to the Panthers. Talk about the perfect game script. So, you know, his 13 catch, 132 yard, one touchdown game is going to be a little bit misleading. This week, uh, you know, they face the Buccaneers who are much better defense. And again, we don't really know if Tyrod's going to start or not. But anytime Tyrod starts, I'm going to downgrade Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler a bit and boost up Mike Williams just based on the limited sample size we've seen. The other guy I'm low on this week is Juju Smith-Schuster. Again, it depends if this game plays or not, but uh, he's 6,500. Assuming Deontay plays, uh, I have Juju all the way down to wide receiver 30. And a big part of that just has to do with James Washington and Chase Claypool stepping up and even Eric Ebron. I just think one of the appealing things with Juju is always, you know, he's going to see massive target share, but just with all these weapons stepping up, it's a lot more spread out. So that, that definitely hurts Juju and he's going to become a little bit more touchdown dependent than I think we were hoping. So I, I'm down on, on him this week, assuming the game plays. Hey, Ray Bond, who are you low on? Allen Robinson. Like, again, the Falcons defense is there's, – there's a few defenses that you just can't take, you know, past performance and kind of project it out. And the Falcons defense is one of them. I mean, this is a team that builds, you know, 15, 20, 25-point weeds in every game. And then the other team just has to come back and, and beat them. And, you know, so Allen Robinson puts up a huge game. And now he's facing the Colts. And, you know, this is – Interesting to me because I know they let Gardner Minshew go nine of nineteen of twenty in Week One. Um, not much yardage, but he did get three touchdowns. Uh, but the Colts now rate number one in uh, in pass defense DVOA according to Football Outsider. So um, this is still a tough defense uh, to, to to put up production on, and I just don't think it'll be uh, the same kind of game script, and uh, it will be a, a tougher matchup. Even if I don't think the Colts are that good, a much different game script. The total is only uh, I think 40, 44 or forty five in this game. Uh, and, and that's after the Bears, you know, have put up high 20s in two out of the three games so or, and 30. So, like, this is just not a good spot for him. All right, Sean, give us the prop. Well, I was, I was thinking about doing a Cedric Wilson prop, but I think we're going to pivot to Devontae Parker um, just based on what Raybon said. I'm pretty high in him, too, so I'm just curious to work, hear where you guys have him projected. But I have his receiving yards um, set at 66 and a half yards. That's high, dude. I'll, I'll, take, high the, <laughs> I'll take the under, uh, but I have it at 62 and a half. So it's not as if like, it's like I'm egregiously off on the line that you said. I think part of it is that I'm just not projecting him for that many touchdowns. I have it at 69, uh, so I'll go over. I want, I want the under, yeah. All right. Uh, at tight end, we have Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Zach Ertz. I think not much of a surprise there. Uh, Davis, do you agree with those rankings? Those are, those are the way I'd have them for sure. Okay. Uh, Davis, who are you relatively high on? I think the guy I am highest on is gotta be, it's gotta be Waller, right? Who had the bad game last week, but had a, a 38% target share heading into that, that, uh, that Patriots game. And like, I don't know, I'm pretty cool just throwing out Patriots games for skill position players, especially when they're the only good skill position player on their team. Like rugs didn't play Edwards got injured in that game. So I'm cool. I, yeah. And I think Buffalo, whatever, you know, their defense seems fine. It doesn't seem as good as the Patriots defense. So I, I think Waller is Waller at 5,200 man. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be, he's going to lose me some money this week. I think Sean, I think you're there with Davis, right? Yeah, I am right there with Davis. Um, they, they could be without, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards this week. So it could yeah. be the Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller show. I'm all in on a bounce back game for Waller. Rayvon, what about you? I mentioned, you know, buying on rookies and, you know, kind of looking at the routes run to see, you know, which rookies were um, kind of jumping up in the board. And the same kind of applies to, to young guys that we expect to break out uh, at some point that really haven't yet. Uh, one of those players I think is TJ Hawkinson. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, obviously, you know, first round t- tight end, I didn't get off to quite the start we wanted. Uh, Looking at his routes run these past three weeks, week one, 60%, week two, 66%, week three, and this is, you know, Kenny Galladay comes back, uh, 89%. Um, You know, now he's up to seven, he's up to, you know, 70 for the season. I think that trend is going to continue. I think he's going to be a big part of their offense going forward. Um, So I love TJ Hawkinson this week. I have him as my uh, tight end number seven. 
Okay. I'm very much in on Noah Fant, who I think is playing just as efficiently as he was last year. Uh, but now with Cortland Sutton out, uh, is starting to see many more targets. Uh, and so going against a Jets defense that uh, I think is pretty helpless, I could see him having a big game. So I have him all the way at number four in my rankings. Davis, who are you low on? I think that it's going to be, I guess, I expect a lot of people to go to Gasecki. Um, just because I think a lot of people are going to want bring backs for Seattle. I think a lot of people are going to want to get guys, uh, you know, they're, they're going to want those Fitzpatrick sacks. And it's not that I don't like Mike Gasicki. I actually am like a long-term uh, Gasicki truther. You know, I was arguing with Pat Corain about him all off season. The, the thing is though, is I would rather play Logan Thomas. I would rather play Hunter Henry. Right. And like, just like, I, I think this is like Pete Gesicki price at 5,100. Like he's very expensive at 5,100 on DraftKings. I mean, Raybon is, uh, is taking the uh, approach of preferring Logan Thomas with you. Logan Thomas is number six uh, in Raybon's ranking. So uh, yeah, I'm playing Logan Thomas in yeah, cash. Certainly someone to think about there. Sean, who are you relatively low on? <laughs> So the guy I'm relatively low on is Mo Cox, and it's more of just a, a word of caution. At 3,900, I think people may pivot to him as a cheap option. And you know his his game. I was high on him week two when Jack Doyle was out, but last week's three catch for 50 uh, yards and a touchdown is kind of fluky because uh, Jack Doyle returned and he he ran around on I think it was 60 to 70 percent of the snaps. And Mo Ali Cox was uh, limited about like 25 to 30 percent of the snaps on uh, pass plays. So I'd be careful with him. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that has a ton of talent. We might take him going forward, but this week just stay away from him. Rayvon, what about you? Tyra Higby. Uh, you know, his price is a top three tight end. I, I just I'm not there with Higby. You know, looking at his routes run in the past three weeks, uh, 65 to 50 to 40 percent of the dropbacks. Now I do think. Some like in the last game that had to do a little bit with Buffalo um, when they're healthy, they play well against tight ends. Um, I don't think it's as big of a concern with Waller because he's not like a traditional, you know, tight end, but um, you know, the way the Rams are playing right now, they're kind of mixing it up with game plans. They're running a ton. Uh, it was Higby 40% Ed, Everett 34% last week um, for the season. It's 52 to 27%. So that's just, it's not a good split either way. Sean, can we talk about this? Because it's, it's rare that Raybon and I are exactly on the same side of something. But uh, it's a situation where you have Higby ranked number three. Raybon has him number 18. And I have him number 18. Sean, oh. talk, talk about How did we get this. to three? Whoa. Am I, well, now I'm scared. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It, it must be just touchdown equity. I mean, the Rams have a pretty massive team total. Um, you know, on the fly, I can't really go into every projection for every guy in this range, but you know, when it comes to Higby, I just, I still think he has touchdown equity. I'm projecting him for four catches, uh, 4.2 catches and 48 yards. So, you know, when I have him ranked third, it's not like, you know, I'm projecting an eight catch game or anything. I think with Higby, when it comes to my model, it just team total and touchdown equity. That's all I could say. I smashed the under on him. Last week, I think when it comes to, you know, his yardage and receptions, I think, you know, those can be um, deceiving. But I just think touchdown equity with that Higby. Sean, give us the uh, the prop. Uh, let's go with Zach Ertz with no Dallas Goddard and who knows who else is out for the Eagles. But um, I have his projection at 62 and a half receiving yards. I'll take the over, but it would have been way more funny if you would have said 62 receiving yards and two and a half yards after the catch. Right, exactly. Yeah, receptions is probably a better prop, huh? I'd take the over till up to like five and a half on receptions, I think. Oh, really? I would he's going to – he dude, Bible group, Bible group narrative. He's just going to – he's just going to crush. Under, under for me. I mean, number one, some, it's really odd with Ertz. I don't know what it is, but it's like when they're at home – Wentz targets him and he tends to eat. He's averaging 74.6 yards at home in 32 home games since 2016, just 48.8 in 30 road games over that same span. So that's a lot of, a lot of a sample for such a huge split. Um, but more, more than that, I'm just done like doubting this 49er team and Kyle Shanahan's ability to get this team prepared to beat opponents in, in, that, that think that like, Oh, this team's hurt. They're banged up. Like, 
it, it like I'm just done betting against them, and this is just another one of those situations. And also, like Carson Wentz couldn't be playing worse, and this just seems like a. I mean, you talk about Adam Gates getting fired. Carson Wentz is about to get fired. Oh, I hope so, <laughs> buddy. I hope so. <laughs> bring bring Jalen, baby. Yep. Yeah, I'm with uh, I'm with Rayvon on this. I'll take the under. Uh, an added part of this is uh, Jaquiski Tart, the strong safety uh, for the 49ers in particular. Is he's he's just been like a a tight end shut down defender uh, for the past couple of seasons. So uh, with Rayvon there, uh, Davis, what content should people check out? Uh, every Wednesday morning, I finally have the take cast on a good schedule. Uh, and then we do the sports grid fantasy football podcast. That's uh, four times a week. We do the school cast that's Wednesdays on, uh, on Rotor grinders. And then all of my seasonal fantasy football content is free on SportsGrid.com. rankings starts at all that, all that stuff is free. All my DFS stuff is on daily all right, be sure to follow Davis on Twitter at Davis Maddock. You can follow Sean, Chris, and me in the Action Network app at the underscore odds maker, Chris Raybon, and Matt F. The Oracle. Use the app to get real-time odds and track your bets for free. Please subscribe to and rate, interview the show, and listen and download on Spotify. See you again next episode. We're finished talking.